Well, happy 50. It's been a long time. I can finally retire. It's been 84 years. No, I've met my, <laughs> I've met my biological obligation to this podcast, and now I can die happy. Now you can die happy. Yeah, that's that's what was holding you back from. I don't know why it's a biological. <laughs> no. Uh, so to bring everyone up to speed, this is the 50th episode of uh, mine and Carl's news show, news show that we, yeah. and he's been there for 49 of them. So that's super exciting. Hmm. Yeah. Big shout out to uh, Mike Wilson for filling Mike Wilson. In. Yeah, that uh, he picked did a up great the slack. Job of it. Yeah. But yeah. uh yeah, 50. And then also this is this is on the the heels of this this will be the first episode that drops after our 350th episode of the podcast. So this is episode 351. Jeez. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Jeez, I was saying yeah. to you just before we started, I feel like one of the fates from the Hercules movie when yeah. they're like, the planets will align. They've all they've all come into play to make our day just that much better. Hello and welcome to the Movie Men podcast. The B team. And it's almost fitting that this is episode 50 of the new show because we've got You know, I've talked about before how there's some weeks where I'm like looking at the news and I'm like, "Ah, like, I don't know. I don't even know what we talk about. Like, you know, we could get into this, but this is kind of like some nitty gritty stuff that I'm not sure. Like, I don't even really care about. So I'm not really sure that anyone else is going to care about. I know Carl's not going to care about. And so, you know, and and like last week was kind of one of those weeks where uh, was it last week? No, the week before. The week before was kind of one of those weeks where like, we talked about Matthew Perry passing away, but then we just did Star Wars trivia because it was like, eh, you know, there's some stuff, but there's not really like... It wasn't a whole lot. This week, my friend is the antithesis of that. This week was like, there are news stories on the cutting room floor because I was just like, you know... We, we you got to go home at some point. You got to, you know, you got to go home and and rethink. I was the only thing that could just come into my head is a Star Wars quote: "Is go home and rethink your life." Uh, but <laughs> uh, hello and welcome. I'm so we're I'm so I'm so pumped, man. I'm we're so pumped. Well, we already did that. We already we did, did that. introduce ourselves. You're Carl. My name is Brady. I'm Carl. Yeah, someone's Carl. <laughs> someone's Carl. Hopefully before episode 100, we'll get that all sorted out. Uh, Okay, so let's just jump into this and kick things off the top. Um, So, the actor strike. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're doing it again. right. You're doing it again. I'm sorry. Oh, man, you're still not not in the built into your routine. Hang on. (laughs) Hang on. It is built into my routine. This is what happened. You need to write it on the wall so you quit forgetting. Listen, the fact that I forgot... (laughs) should just be an indicator of, of what kind of a crazy-ass yeah. episode we have. You, you know, just yeah. like, I'm just stoked. But Carl's very excited. Pete's very excited. Pete reached out. Yeah, so Pete, Pete listens to all these episodes. And Pete's yeah. like, man, like, I'm I'm, I'm really, really enjoying that. And I don't know why Pete is kissing ass. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's because, I, you, know, you know what I think it is? This is it. 
and I know he listens. So now I'm making it public, Pete. Pete and I literally live like two minutes away. He's like a couple blocks away. I could walk to his house faster than I can drive to his house because of walking trails. <laughs> but um, we've like for at least minimum a year now, I've yeah. like lent him some DVDs, specifically <laughs> the wrong guy saying, right. hey, let's I want to watch this with you. This is my favorite comedy. Let's watch it. And like. Would you th- you think the guy would invite me over to watch a movie, especially yeah. since we do a podcast together technically now? <laughs> and you, uh, do you know what's it funny? Never happens. <laughs> do you know what's funny? Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some more shade here. Let's just let's just pile this up. You ready? <laughs> this is the crap on Pete. This is the pat. Welcome to episode fifty of the new show. <laughs> this is why Pete sucks. No, <laughs> I <laughs> Pete's great. Don't like, but. Not only does Pete not invite you over, right? I got no horse in this race, but it, this is fun. So whatever. <laughs> well, you live a couple hours, at least a couple hours. Well, yeah, well, yeah, no, no, no. But not only does Pete not invite you over, but you and I have tentative plans that we've made on the podcast for me to come over to your place this Christmas and us to like marathon through some alien films. And Pete invited himself. Pete was like, (laughs) something's going on over at your house. (laughs) So maybe I'll be be there. I need to get him over to my place to watch this shit. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, that's probably what needs to happen. Pete, Pete, give me my DVDs back. If you want to watch them, you have to come over. (laughs) Pete, if if you're listening, I I hope you do come to the alien thing. You're more than welcome to. uh, But have us over, you lazy bastard. Okay. Uh, So you have... A new segment, a a a tech around the world, a the bettering tech and science. or worsening of mankind news topic. Not Take it so away. sci-fi, sci-fi. <laughs> right, yeah. And such, yes. All right. Uh, all right, so I got three choices for you again. Okay. We've got machines strike back. Ooh. We've got. Ooh, like, uh, like, like, like Skynet? National, tr- you'll have to pick it to find out. Well, I'll go over it briefly, but we've okay. got um, Indiana Jones slash National Treasure oh. kerfuffle. Oh, and we've got um, stamp sized X rays. I don't know how to word this one. Stamp sized X rays. Okay, I'm not interested in that. You one. know what that it's, is? Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty much set. I don't know how else to word it. It's pretty um, cool. Um, but. Uh, Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna nix the X-ray thing, just because it's because I feel like we've done a lot of medically type ones, and yeah. so I'm gonna, okay. I, I, um, I'm, Pete, that's probably another reason Pete's interested because because I keep bringing up like these really cool medical developments and and yeah. being in the medical field. Um, yeah, being a a, a, a plastic surgeon like he is. <laughs> yeah specifically focusing on the glutes um there i also think i'm going to nix the machine strike back thing just because even if it's not ai based it's it it feels like ai adjacent and everything is ai right now like it's just everything is i don't know and i'm not against the ai thing but i am also reaching the point where i'm a little bit like we're moving real quick. <laughs> like it was yeah. like, it was like, feels like a year ago when yeah. 
And this it stuff isn't also- an AI thing, but it is right. like robot related. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, and then, and then robots AI, lead to but, AI, and it becomes. Yeah. Um, but I am a sucker for National Treasure, hands down, pants down. Everyone knows yeah. that. I love National Treasure. Um, my only fear is that this is not going to be as national treasure as I would like it to no. be. My only the treasure's fear, already found. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. It's, the, so I'll go the, over them real I, quick. I, like I want a map we'll on the back of something. We got a long here. way to go. Let's let's okay. not beat around the bush. All right. Okay. So the 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 robot strikes back uh in Korea. Uh this is kind of a sad story. Uh but uh, there's a, a worker was crushed by a robot, a loading robot that mistook him for a box of vegetables. That's the headline <laughs> from the entrepreneur website, entrepreneur.com. Yeah. So apparently this guy was a maintenance dude and something happened. And the robot thought, I'll just put this box of vegetables on this box of vegetables. Squish. Oops. But it's uh, <laughs> being investigated by the police and. Yeah, I don't know what will come of it. Uh, the 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 stamp thing. MIT engineers have developed ultrasound stickers that are around the size of quarters. Uh, this device will be like a Band-Aid that you put on yourself, and from your phone, you can ultrasound your body. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. That's like some... Um, that's some Star Trek crap right there, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh. it's going to make going to the dentist a little less invasive. Yeah. And then last but not least, the Holy Grail of shipwrecks worth $20 billion worth of treasure is uh, set to be raised from the deep. Um, so this, if, if you, if you follow treasure hunting news, this might be old news to you because back in 81, uh, a U.S. salvage consortium, uh, found this, this, uh, Spanish, I think it was a Spanish galleon. Yes. Spanish galleon off the coast of Colombia. And then they gave coordinates to the Colombian government, uh, to let them know, Hey, we found this. So. There is a bit of a arbitration on who has rights to this uh, treasure. Also because it's Spanish. Right. I'm sure the Spanish government wants some of that money. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the, the Colombian government has uh, made plans to invest a sizable amount of money into raising this wreck and uh, finding all the goodies therein. Man. In another life, I would be a treasure hunter. Yeah. So, be, be, oh man, just to check out some of the stuff that's down at that wreck site would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. $20 billion in today's currency, though, is uh, how much it's- was on board. That's good. That's good money, right? It's like lot, that's the thing is nowadays everyone's always like, "Oh, I found a million dollars," and it's like, here's the thing: a million dollars is in 2023. Finding a million dollars, especially like at our age, in our 30s, don't get me wrong; it's life changing money. 
It is. It's life-changing money. Mm -hmm. But it's not, like, you're not rich. You're not rich with a million dollars. You're not retiring. You're not retiring on a million dollars. You can't, right? Like a million dollars. You'd eat through it pretty quick. You'd eat through it pretty quick, right? The first, Probably one of the first things you would do is, like you get a million dollars, the very first thing you do is either A, sell your house and get a different one. Um, and not, trying not to burn through the full million, but also really, like... <laughs> It's very easy now yeah. to burn through a million dollars buying a house and not get something that <laughs> spectacular. Um, or at the very least, you would take the house you're in and would all of a sudden throw into action all of like your dream list of renovations, right? Like you would retrofit the house to be, yeah. you know, you'd get rid of all the little things. You're like, ah, you know, we really hate the kitchen or whatever. You get a new kitchen. Right. And you get, you know, whatever you probably update, like if your vehicle kind of sucks on gas and and, you know, you've already you're noticing you're having to replace more and more things on it. Then you get a new vehicle. At this point, you've burned through a quarter of it already. Right. And you're like, yeah, like you're not not working at that point for a million dollars. But it is, you know, you do that. You you plan a big family vacation. Right, you take you and your parents and the grandparents or whatever, and you all bugger off to Tuscany for two weeks or you know whatever it is. Um, but yeah, you go through you go through a million pretty quick. But but twenty billion, unless you were a real jackass, twenty billion is is a quit your job, <laughs> right? Like that's a get a nice house, buy buy a two million dollar home, buy a five million dollar home, and. Uh, and, you know, you'd still have to math it out because, like, you're going to have property taxes now on a $5 million home versus a $300,000, $400,000 home. Um, but, it, yeah, it's, it's that, that's life-changing money. Really. Yeah. So the ship, I was just reading the, reading the article a little bit more, the ship had 11 million gold coins on it. See, and then I don't even know how to, like, and then, then you get into that, right? Then you get yeah. into, like, if I found a treasure, part of me, for simplicity's sake, like, I'm hoping I find, like, an e-transfer or, <laughs> or like, a, or like yeah, a, a, what are the chances you'll find a, a ship? <laughs> right, or like a, or like a blank check or like, yeah. you know, because you find the gold and then you're like, okay, well now I got to get this appraised and now I got to like, what, you have it melted down and turned into gold yeah. bricks and then I have to sell it Well, I assume it if you're, if you found the ship, you know how to get that done or you'll find somebody. Yeah, probably. Does. You're in that but, area but that, already. But you think about like. There, that twelve billion dollars for eleven million coins. I just did the math. I googled it because math is hard, but that works out to just under to to about eighteen hundred dollars per, per coin. gold coin. Yeah, <laughs> like one gold coin is just under two thousand dollars. <laughs> it's that Aztec gold. <laughs> That's crazy. That's <laughs> man. Those are some fancy coins. <laughs> yeah. 
My yeah. my coin collection is nothing like that. And then if that, and then that but special then 2018 collector's quarter I got from the Canadian Mint does not go for no. two thousand dollars. And then you're stuck, right? Like you're stuck selling it as one lot of twenty billion to one per. Because if you take one out, then all of a sudden everyone's like. Everyone's got the Aztec curse, and and <laughs> and everybody's walking and around as a skeleton. And you, and and yeah, and yeah. <laughs> when the moonlight hits you, instead of going sparkly, yeah. you turn into it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Cool. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> all right. So, kicking off our Move first on. movie news story, um, the actor strike. Right. Still, sti- still a thing. Oh, yeah. Still a thing. Good times. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's been, and I just want to give a quick little update on on some of the stupid, stupid things that have been holding this up. Um, and also give a little bit of an update. So, like, we're at a point right now where the end is nigh, it seems, right? Um, because they're also like we're also at that threshold now where it was kind of determined, hey, you know what? If we haven't if we haven't reached an agreement by such and such a date, we are going to just take a four month break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it again because they're like, if we don't figure it out by such and such date, then we've already missed our TV season. We've already missed like we can't. Like at that point, there's no point. So we'll come back, we'll reassess in four months. <sighs> there's been some really, 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 really stupid things. Stupid demands that both sides have wanted, right? It, it, the big sticking point for the actor side has been the residuals, right? And And rightfully so. Right. Like rightfully so. We heard those stories about people who work in the industry on big, massive projects and are well-known names that, you know, when in the three months in between Netflix, really choking on my words here, in the three months between Netflix projects, we're driving Uber. Mm -hmm. That's not right. It's really it's 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 not right when you're bringing in those kinds of dollars for a studio. It's not right that you are then driving Uber. Yeah. Um. And so they had some, and some of their demands were just, and some of them were them, you know, trying to swing the pendulum. I think a little too far in the other direction, and were a little unfair. And they kind of backed off on some of those and, and became more reasonable. Just recently. The studios sent out what they referred to as their best and their final offer. Mm. Which is something that eventually one side was going to have to do, right? Eventually, right. if this was ever going to come to an end, one side was going to have to say, look, this is this is our bottom dollar. This is the best we can do. This is it. Now... Take it or leave it. And, and and I don't know what happens if the other side says, leave it, right? Like, does Hollywood just end? Like, I, I don't know what happens at that Did point. They start making movies with lesser-known people that are willing to be paid willing less to with get, worse contracts. So but here's deals. the problem. 
and this is this is the asinine, most stupidest, <sighs> moronic. Who even thought of this? Someone should be fired. What the hell were you thinking? Condition that was in the studio's offer, and it has to do with artificial intelligence. Has to do with AI, because that has been the studios one of the stickers ignoramus sticking points and and this is what they put out and it's worth noting that this has now been like from their final offer this has now been redacted they've now taken they've now gone back on this and said okay okay (laughs) like we'll we'll budge on this what the studios wanted was they said hey all right, we'll pay you residuals for, you know, we'll pay you the residuals you're asking for for the properties that you yourself show up and appear in and perform in and blah, blah, blah. However, we are saying that we reserve the right and buckle in. Buckle in for the the stupidest thing you've ever heard in your whole entire life. They said, we was we we reserve this right. We will pay you, like if if we want to take a or if we request a a digital scan of an actor, right? Which is something that's done sometimes for films and CGI mm-hmm. work and stuff like that. If we get a, a digital scan of an actor, we will pay them for that digital scan. Now, I don't know how much that would be. I don't know if that's ten grand. I don't know if it's two hundred and fifty bucks. I don't know what it is. Right, but we will pay you to do a digital scan of you. After which, we re- we reserve the right to use that scan and your likeness when, where, how, however often, in perpetuity, without your permission and without paying you additional money for it. Including deceased actors without the permission of the deceased actor's yeah. estate. So so the 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 clause is like not just for this movie but any future movie we want. Yeah, it's like hey George Clooney, uh, you know, we got to do a scan of you for this film. Here's 10 grand. Right? A, a, now a scan we never that, have to a, hire you again. A scan that maybe <laughs> a scan that previously maybe the actor would not have been paid for because that is just a part, like they're getting part paid the for the film, film and this yeah. is part of the, you know. Um, but we will pay you specifically for this scan so that we have this scan. However, after that, if we want your face to show up in the background of a different film with someone who does a real damn good George Clooney impression voicing the three lines for the George Clooney cameo, a, we don't need to ask you. We can just put you in whatever movie you want. B, we're not going to ask you. We're not even going to notify you, and you're not going to get paid for it. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of what <laughs> in the like. It is so. <clears throat> it's not just a bad ass. Yeah, it is astounding. That the studios think that it is even within their wheelhouse that they have the right to ask for that. Mm-hmm. Morons. Now, a couple days later, they retracted that. <laughs> a couple days later, Oops. someone was like, Whoa, 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 buddy, I just saw I just saw the statement that we put out. 
what are we high? <laughs> like the lawyers got a little nuts. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, the actor strike is still on. It looks like I mean, every other day a piece a, a headline comes out that suggests that we could be in the eleventh hour. I think we are in the eleventh hour. I think we've been in the eleventh hour yeah. for a while now. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But it just kind of. It just kind of depends. Yeah. But this is this is the thing. This is the thing that's going to piss me off. Right? Because this this stuff happens. Listen, there's there's a strike. It 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 you know, people need to sort their shit out. It, it, it you know, every time the industry and the medium changes a little bit, right? IE what we now have with streaming, then contracts and standard operating procedures need to be renegotiated. I get that. However, <clears throat> Yeah. If we reach a point where I am out of, like, if we reach a point where now I'm going six, seven, eight, nine months, because product's still coming out right now because of the the, the backlog that, that existed in the system, but we are yeah. going to reach a point where there's just nothing that comes out. And if I go six months, a year, where I don't have any new entertainment coming out, stuff that I can't go watch and enjoy... Not because, not because two sides were making fair arguments and they just couldn't see eye to eye. But if this happens as a result of of parties making asinine requests, moronic requests, that's when I'm going to start to get pissed off. That's when it's yeah. really going to grind my gears. Anyways, Carl, you hear all this. How uh, how how fair do you think it is <laughs> that um, that a the studio should be able to you know just scan some faces and and never have to never have to come calling ever again um, and b like I don't know do you see an end near do you see a light at the end of the tunnel or is this just going to or are they just going to continue to find more and more sticking points? Well, I. Hopefully, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Of course, the request, the original request, the original demand, whatever you want to call it, that they then retracted. They realized it was stupid. That's why they retracted. Of course, it's stupid. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, this whole thing doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because I, I suppose it's it's it, what their the the actors guild is is striking for is kind of like the kind of uh what would you call it the standard contract what the standard contracts look like which doesn't really affect larger name actors who are signing their own you know they got their own legal team they're probably writing their own contracts with their own they don't, the own dues they get, the own subsidiaries and yeah but they're still it's stuff. still with the studios and it's all still unionized right. Right, but that like they're gonna get vastly different deals than the standard contract. Um, yeah, but there will still be some overarching industry rules yeah. that yeah that apply. But so, yeah, across like, the board. I I feel like they should just kind of. I feel like the simplest answer to this is just kind of like open up the terms of what those contracts look like a little bit more. Right. You know what I mean? Like, not that every actor on set 
gets an individual contract because i mean extras should all get paid pretty much the same across the board almost right right like but then the extra shouldn't shouldn't be getting the same deal as an extra with speaking lines or or the supporting cast or and definitely not the leading leading cast right well you can so there are layers here but like i feel like opening opening that negotiating up to saying like yeah okay let's uh like the the there there's some flex in between from project to project and what those contracts look like like make Mm -hmm. like if you're if you're a carpenter and you've got your own business you're you're working contract to contract and each contract will look different based on the job you're doing Mm -hmm. so like why is 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 the movie industry why can't the movie industry kind of be a little bit more like that oh because everyone's greedy and no one would play nice yeah (laughs) right Right, and and everyone in the movie industry is looking to make money whereas when you hire a contractor you know as the as the the client or as as the you know the person hiring the service you're not making any money off that new deck, right? This is something you want, and so you're paying for it just so that you can have it and look at it and stand on it. Yeah. Um, but it's not you're not negotiating your own profits out of it as right. well. But but yeah. But I think it would it would like in my mind, it would make for a more competitive industry and a potentially a, a more vibrant industry. Cause then like a studio that that has several actors throwing in the, like you'd have your actors vying for the rules, but then also there'd be kind of a contractual, um, uh, bidding kind of going on as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like Tom Hanks might be like, have, have the highest might be your first option, but their contract is just like, uh, what they're asking us in pot. Like they're going to eat all of our budget. So let's let's go down a few rungs and get uh, I don't know Vin Diesel. <laughs> let's go down to the bottom of the ladder. <laughs> get Vin Diesel. <laughs> you know, so like depending on I don't know. It just to me it would make make the industry a little more nuanced. But I, I don't know a whole lot about it either. So I could be talking on my butt. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, <clears throat> Blade. Mahershala Ali's Blade. A film that I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> because <laughs> there's been so many delays, there has been so many um, just like long periods of time where there's just radio silence and we don't hear anything. There's just, it's just kind of, there's just kind of been a lot of nothing for large chunks of time. Yeah. And what we have heard hasn't been great. Like, up the script is being completely rewritten. Yeah. Completely new writer and director. Yeah. Mahershal Ali wants to write it now. And Mahershal Ali's not happy with anybody on set. (laughs) Yeah. And And so, but we did just get a really interesting piece of news, an interesting update. And that is from the director of Blade saying, that he has been given the go-ahead to make Blade, 
Rated R. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, <laughs> this is good news for you. I take it. Um, this is, it's a really interesting, you know, it's a really interesting piece of news because it wasn't that long ago that Kevin Feige was up on stage and and Bob Iger and and Disney and Marvel said with the exception of Deadpool we're not going to do R rated content right it which i think you know uh, there are people out there who are going to sigh and be like oh, um <laughs> there there is good there is good smart business in that right at the end of the day you are disney yeah and you are also creating a massive franchise that you want to be um you want to have it be as accessible to everybody and and the biggest possible audience as you can so that lots of people can go see your movies um and it's one of the interesting things that like i've been wondering it's one of the big question marks surrounding deadpool like obviously deadpool is going to be r but as deadpool enters the mcu how is that going to work because right now with the MCU's interconnectivity. We've been talking a lot about this, how now in the MCU, it's reaching a point where if you miss something, then you're screwed, then you're lost. Yeah. Because it's no longer the case that almost every MCU property is a completely viable jumping in point. It used to be. Right, there'd be some stuff you were a little behind on, but you could jump in just about anywhere and pretty quickly get caught up and understand what's going on. Um, it's not like that anymore. And so, what happens when you are 13 and really love the MCU and have watched everything in the MCU? But now you can't go to the theater to see Deadpool because it's rated R and you're 13, right? And and then and then what? You're going online to try to figure out what happened so that the next film makes sense, right? And and then what happens when you have Deadpool in an MCUR film in all the R-rated Deadpool glory? And then Deadpool shows up in Secret Wars. Is that going to feel like a neutered version of Deadpool? Because Deadpool's not going to be able to swear. He's not going to be able to make lewd sex jokes. He's not going to be able to run his blades right through someone and, and have blood squirting out. Yeah. Right. You're going to have a character now, two characters, both Blade and Deadpool, that are jumping in and out of R-rated slash PG-13 rated settings. Now, a lot of people are excited about this R for Blade. 
For me, it doesn't make a difference. It really, really, really doesn't make a difference because a lot of people don't realize how much you can get away with with a PG-13, right? Deadpool. Deadpool is, I think, better because it's R-rated. I think it's better for being able to be R-rated. I think, though, had we never gotten Deadpool 1, had we never gotten that first Deadpool film that showed us what an R-rated Deadpool was, you could have successfully done a PG-13 Deadpool. You could have, because you are still, with PG-13, you're allowed a lot of violence, and you are allowed at least one F-bomb, right? Like You could do Deadpool without a single swear word. Yeah, Star Lord. Uh, no, no. The best example is Deadpool in animated fil- uh, TV shows. Mm-hmm. Deadpool shows up in a couple of Marvel animated kid shows, and he's he's like he's as Deadpool as Deadpool gets. Yeah. But instead of kind of going the crass route, they just kind of go the zany, cart- crazy, cartoony route, and yeah. it works. And you could do the same thing live action on silver yeah. screen. Yeah, and so and a lot of people are going to disagree. A lot of people are going to say, "Well, Deadpool has to be art." No, he doesn't. Mm. He really doesn't. <clears throat> now he is art, and I think he's better for it. But he can be PG thirteen. Could have been PG thirteen, and we're going to see some PG thirteen Deadpool if he shows up in any other MCU project other than a Deadpool film. That's just how it works. Um, but you can you can still get away with so much in PG-13, right? Guardians of the Galaxy 3, rated PG-13. Star-Lord drops an F-bomb. You can get away with a lot. Thor Ragnarok, you see pretty graphically Thor with an eye not in his socket and blood all around it and... You know? And and it's still PG-13. You can get away with a lot. You can skirt that edge pretty closely. Pretty closely. So... Is it exciting that the blade is an R? I mean, sure, because it means that like they're going to be able to go real nasty with it. Did it need to be an R? No, not in the slightest. And and does Blade being an R film complicate things a little bit more for again Blade showing up and other things? all of the fans being able to go see it so that the continuity is all still there and they're all caught up. Yeah, absolutely. It complicates things. Carl, you've already kind of shown your hand a little bit here though. Yeah. So you're excited. My stance here would be that blade requires an R more than Deadpool does. And it's less because of blade and his character and more because of, the who the antagonists of blade have to be right well vampires exactly like i'm i'm i don't like you you'd be i mean you can do vampire stuff lower than an r buffy uh, the vampire is a great example the tv show ran forever plus a couple spinoffs right but I I think it's deserving of needing an R. 
And I think you can port Blade over to other properties and that not be an issue. Like that, that issue that you're bringing up, like, well, Blade did crazy stuff in his movie. Now you can't bring him into Captain America's show with yeah. and tone him down. I think you can. Blade's going to bring um, a level of force equal to whatever he's for, for fighting. He's fighting an army of undead vampires. He's he's all 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 guns up and firing everything he's got. Um, you know he's fighting a a human f- force that then he's he's gonna bring it back a bit, right? He's not gonna right. kill kill somebody that's not yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I I think <clears throat> I still I I can see your argument, and I don't disagree, but I also don't fully agree right just because again like supernatural no yeah Super, like I'm, supernatural I've left myself was i left TV myself 14. open to counter argument by saying buffy right yeah but supernatural is another great example but supernatural I, I, gets dark and yeah, graphic but i think i feel like for the silver screen that r rating is justified for blade oh like, i think it's just and the precedent the precedent's already been set like yeah as this this uh, article has just a very brief note in it that says, you know, like all three Wesley Snipes films are R rated. Yeah, but I mean so, that doesn't necessarily doesn't mean if in the future we get another Joker film, f- like a rebooted Joker <clears throat> thing, twenty years from now, that that's got to be R, right? Like just no, because something has been in the past, it 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 is a bit of a precedent still, mm-hmm. right? Like it yeah. still kind of says, okay, well. If this is this is something that we can do, an audience will respond to it, and yeah, yeah, I, th- I think yeah. because of that, it's it's worth worth doing. Just really complicates the MCU <laughs> from like a from a fan base logistic. Well, how though, right? Right? Like you've got it. No longer is the MCU strictly a family event. Well, right. I don't it think the I don't dynamic. think kids are good. I don't think Blade is a family event to begin with. <laughs> no, but but and and so and then that's the thing, right? Maybe maybe just simply bringing Blade into the MCU regardless complicates the dynamic of the audience, right? And and everyone's ability to be able to be caught up and you know, like let's go see the next MCU film as a family this weekend. Like let's, you know, all of a sudden you start having MCU films where you can't do that. I'm very curious to know how this came about, just because again, yeah, they were very adamant. Mm-hmm. They were very adamant that they that with the exception of Deadpool, they were not going to do R-rated content. So I, I I'm, you know, again, I'm not against this. I'm not against it at all. I don't think, you know, personally, I don't think it was necessary, but I'm not against it. And and I'm more just curious about how this all came about. Um, moving on. This is something that we, on the, on the heels of the success, the wild success of the Super Mario movie, we started to... To talk about okay, well then, what what's next? What comes next, right? Because you've done this, and it has shown that there is an audience out there for on-screen adaptations of Nintendo products. 
Um, and so yeah, you and I, you and I did. We were like, wow, do we do a Luigi's Haunted Mansion thing? Do you do a doctor? You could do a Doctor Mario thing. You could do a Donkey Kong thing. As long as you don't have Seth Rogen freaking playing Donkey Kong. Um, there, there's all kinds of different. You could do a Star Fox thing. You could do a Samus Metroid. thing. Metroid. Yeah. You could do like there's all kinds of things. Yeah. But the one that we kind of kept coming back to. And saying, but you know what they're gonna do was Zelda, and we we debated a little bit the um, the logistics of how you do that, right? Whether you do a film where Link doesn't talk, or if you do a film where Link does talk, right? Do you go an entire film and have your main character not? speak or do you <laughs> go okay we're gonna have to adjust this a little bit and you know add in you know, you know whatever um which is stuff they've done in the past like link as a non-speaking protagonist is not necessarily like people treat it like it's it's this massive completely integral to who Link's character is thing that Link doesn't talk. But Link's not a mute, right? It's not like Link doesn't talk because Link had his tongue cut out, right? It, it, yeah. it, Link doesn't talk because there's never been a voice actor for Link. That is that is why Link doesn't talk, right? It's just like if they turn around tomorrow and they do a Starfield movie, because Starfield is, it's Bethesda, right? It's essentially just like a, a it, it's a, a, a fallout game in space and and those main characters have never talked well yeah but if you do a fallout movie tomorrow you're gonna have your main character talk right that's just kind of it's just kind of yeah what it is um so i'm still on the side of i think you got to make them talk and i think that the fans that are going to be butthurt about that need to just kind of suck it up but it has now been officially announced that there is not only a Zelda movie coming, there is a live action Zelda movie coming. Really? Really? And all of the, so now all of the discussions that have started, obviously, has not been, when's it coming out? What's it going to be called? What's the, nobody cares. It's who's going to play Link. Hmm. Tom That's Holland. what everybody, <laughs> and that is one of the biggest, most popular picks on the, and, and you say it and you laugh, but I, I mean, I think yeah. he could crush it. Well, yeah, he's kind of got the face for it. He's kind of got the face for it. He's young. So we'd be doing young link. Okay, great. Very athletically capable. Very athletically capable. I think it's fine that he's so short. I think that'd be fine. Yep. We don't need a tall, lanky link. No. So, I, you know, I, and nobody, I don't hear anyone going, well, who's going to play Zelda? Like, nobody cares. <laughs> it's who's going to play Link. Zendaya. Now, now I was just going to say, now that's what you'd have to do, right? Like, uh. <laughs> that'd be amazing. <laughs> just, just just cast the entire Spider-Man, cast a... Yeah. Play the Zelda. 
<laughs> you get Ned in there as one of the random NPCs. You could be, yeah. No, he could be Gandorf. Yeah, there you go. There you go. This slightly different physicality, but that's like whatever. Oh, man. So, uh, listen, uh, am I excited for this? Eh. I've never, I've never played a Zelda game. I've never played a Zelda game. And so I'm, I, so I don't really care. However, it is like, if they cast someone in it who I enjoy, right? Like if this does end up being a Tom Holland as Link thing and the trailers look real good, well then I'm certainly going to watch it and that may open up, you know, that may make me want to play a Zelda game. I don't know. But, Carl, you are much more a Zelda fan than I am. Does this excite you? Is it the right move? Um, Should it be live action or animated? Who should play Link? And should Link talk? Uh, I mean, I think it's exciting. Um, I I feel like it would be better as an animated, but it's definitely doable live action. Um, as long as they've got like the practical effects and practical sets, like nail down that Zelda feel, which is pretty heavily fantasy influenced. So anyway, yeah, I haven't played a Zelda game in a long time. Um, the 64 ones were the last ones I've played, but it's still like, yeah, it's a near and dear to many people's hearts. And I think it'll do as no matter how they approach it. I think it has the potential to do as good or better than Mario. Um, I, do. I think it can. I, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue. I, I think, I think it could do very, very well. Um, but I think objectively, Super Mario is, and this is not this is not a slight against Zelda, but Super Mario is infinitely a more recognizable IP than Zelda, um, regardless of how popular. No, it it just yeah, hands it, hands it would, down it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, definitely. regardless of how popular Zelda is or isn't. Mario is, I mean, he's 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 the poster child for Nintendo, right? He's there's Mario merch everywhere. Yeah, whether you have played, whether you know any, if you know nothing about video games and and Nintendo, you know, you still know who Mario is. If you only knew, if you knew nothing about video games, and you only, it doesn't matter which studio which console which whatever if you knew nothing about video games and you only knew of one video game character ever it's either going to be mario or it's going to be pac-man those those are the two you don't think people would recognize cubert (laughs) no no (laughs) not a chance (laughs) not a chance not even after his uh, little stint with Wreck-It Ralph, no? <laughs> and and wasn't he also in um, uh, that Adam Sandler Pixels movie? They tried to make a big oh, yeah, deal Pixel out of Q-Bert. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know why. I don't know why the industry's pushing Qbert on us so hard. But, <laughs> um, but yeah. So uh, Mario is is an infinitely more recognizable IP. He's the the most recognizable video game IP. Um, yeah. But having paved so, the way, having paved the way. So and that's the thing, right? This has is the, a lot the potential to be better. A lot of better. Zelda's success will likely be on the coattails of yeah. what the Mario film did. So, but yeah, maybe maybe we'll go see it together, and and you'll be able to lean over every three seconds and go, "That's who this is. This is why <laughs> that's important." No, yeah. he's like he, you know. I listen. The closest I've come, I played Link. Link was my go-to in Smash Bros. Oh, that's just because he's easy sauce. Well, no, I just like the bombs. I just like spamming the bombs. Yeah, he's also easy to play by comparison. To other is characters. he? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I just he was cool, and he was like one of the more, especially back in like the the brawl days, he was one of the more humanoid characters. And so yeah. I was just like, I mean, you know, I don't know, I don't know who any that and Pikachu, but Pikachu was not as easy to play as no. Link. No. Anyways, moving on, and this is where things start to get a little crazy. Shrek Five. You and I talked, I think, not long ago that. Well, we talked about the Puss in Boots thing, right? You'd gone to see The Last Wish. You thought it was spectacular. Since then, I have also seen The Last Wish. Um, and I thought oh, it was pretty you? good. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. pretty good. It was, it yeah. Was, yeah. You know, funny. Like, <clears throat> it it felt like a Shrek film without needing to have Shrek in it. and and But, but at a different and unique but worked really well animation style. Yeah, so like when I was telling you about it, when I watched it, like – like I think this world's got lots of stories to tell and you yep. don't need Shrek. <laughs> right? Like the the the, movie, the movie's not going to do well or bad because Shrek is or isn't in it. No. Like Shrek after what is it? Four Shrek I guess this There's is been Shrek four. 5 we're talking about. So after four Shrek films, that story's told. That that horse is dead. Quit beating it. <laughs> Uh like, yeah, I mean dive in dive into the to the side characters like Puss in Boots and Donkey and and the the gingerbread man and like have have fun in that playground somewhere else. <laughs> well, as Carl put it, the dead horse is coming back. Um there was we talked about how we thought that there might be another Shrek coming. Um with all the original cast, Eddie Murphy was talking about it, right? Wanting to do another strike. He also wanted to do a donkey movie. He's like, tell with Poison Boots. Like, it's time for donkey. Donkey yeah, needs a donkey movie. I would agree with that. Um, but an interesting accidental kind of, you know, I mean, I guess you were well within your right to, but were you well within your right to put this on your resume? Like... I'm guessing you violated some sort of contract and have gotten a couple of phone calls since this went public. Like, I don't know. There was a LinkedIn profile leak. This doesn't happen very often that we get our movie news from LinkedIn. Uh, there was uh, a LinkedIn resume or, or you know, I guess that's what it is, a resume on LinkedIn um, that that belonged to an intern, someone who worked at DreamWorks as an intern. 
It's not probably, even like a big high paying, un, like an intern. Probably unpaid. <laughs> probably an unpaid intern. And they were listing their um, their job experience while being at DreamWorks. The things that they did, right? Things that include researched marketplace trends and presented findings. Visited retail stores, Walmart, Target, Marshalls, Nordstrom, Hobby Lobby, Home Goods, Kohl's, Hot Topic, Box Lunch, and recapped findings in presentations with images and pertinent information regarding both licensed and non-licensed merchandise. All right, and the list goes on and on. And then we get to the bottom of this resume, where it says, generated consumer product ideas for the following projects. Wicked Part 1 and 2, Universal Pictures, coming out 2024 and 2025. Despicable Me 4. Ooh. What? From Illumination, coming out in 2024. So we have a despicable, another Despicable Me movie coming out next year. I fell off. The, the first Despicable Me was great, and then I kind of, eh. Didn't even see the third one. Second one was a disappointment. The third one was better than the second one. But the big one here. Shrek 5, DreamWorks Animation 2025. So, there you have it. There is a Shrek 5 in production. And it is slated for a 2025 release. And that's about as... I mean... I was going to say it's about as verified as it gets. Now, it is possible. Here's the thing. Everyone lies on their resume. <laughs> and so is it, but like, this is not an official statement. This is not whatever. This is someone who has edited their own, essentially the same as editing your own Wikipedia page, right? Like, this is someone who has written this down about themselves so it's not verified by anyone other than themselves that this is a project they worked on. However, I I don't see any big reasons to doubt this. Um, it seems like an official an official thing. This excites me. Listen, I know you said the whole dead horse thing, the blah blah blah. I'm excited to see what Shrek like. It's been I don't know twelve years. 13 years since we've gotten a Shrek film. So if you are going to do another Shrek film, it's time. It's time. It's time for another one. Um, It's time to see Mike Myers back in the limelight. That excites me. Right? He The whole love guru and whatever, there's a couple other projects he did that just kind of fell flat. He had a, a bad run of films there that kind of put his career on a real hiatus. Yeah. They were they were bad because they're pretty much just the same film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah um, like how, how different was The Love Guru from Austin Powers really? Right, how different if, was Austin Powers 2 and 3 from the first one really yeah but well no quite a bit i would i would i would argue that the austin powers films within themselves have quite a bit of diversity but but i agree with the love guru thing uh, they hit the same jokes several times across the entire franchise but that's one of the th- but i i think that's kind of 
part of what makes them work. Uh, but anyways, um, this excites me. I'm excited. Uh, I'm not even a bit. I haven't even seen the third track. I've seen the fourth one. I've seen parts of the third one. And I just, no matter what I do, I can't get, I just, now that he's got like all the kids and stuff, I'm like, uh, it's just too big. Like there's too much going on. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, like, let's get back to basics a little uh, bit his here. Kids and donkeys kids. And- yeah. So if we're going to do a Shrek film, Shrek five, if I had my, my, a wish list, right. It would be, it's been 25 years and all the kids are off living their own lives. Right. I just want Shrek and donkey and, you know, maybe even Shrek. Ooh, maybe Shrek and Fiona have broken up. Mm. Right. And yeah, and it's in donkey. Shrek needs donkey's help to help him win Fiona back because Fiona's off now married to or dating or shacking up with like some troll or goblin or, you know, some other whatever. And he's got to like win her back because, you know, I feel like that would pretty much just be like the first one all over again. Yeah, but. But that'd be fine. That'd be okay. I don't know. I'm excited for this, Carl. You've kind of said the whole dead horse thing, yeah, which is kind I'm, of leaning in a certain direction here. But what are your thoughts on a Shrek Five? I mean, I'm I'm much less interested in, in this than if it were an, uh, a spinoff story, right? If it were a spinoff story, I would be much more interested and invested. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, you'll still watch it. You got young. You uh, got youngins. Eventually, probably, yeah, because yeah. the youngins, yeah, the youngins, the the spawn, yeah, the the mini Carls, yeah, yeah, little tornadoes. That's yeah. <laughs> really. Tr- I don't. Who allowed you to procreate? I. That's <laughs> my wife. <laughs> uh, if only she knew. All right, so moving on to another animated story. And this is an interesting one for me. This is the beginning, too, of us talking about a a slew of trailers today. Inside Out 2. Now, there was a time where Pixar could almost do no wrong. Right, Every time a Pixar film came out, it was a big deal. You knew it was going to be brilliant. You knew it was going to just push the envelope. It was going to make you cry. It was going to make you laugh. It was going to be an inspiring story. In the last couple of years, at least for me, Pixar has lost its magic. Let me just pull up a list of Pixar movies here. It's it's really lost some of its yeah like DreamWorks used used to be second fiddle, and uh, I think they've taken first chair. <laughs> so here yeah, here easily, here's here's personally. the rundown. Toy Story is the first one. Obviously, Toy Story is a freaking masterpiece, yeah. right? It's the thing that kicked off. Not only Pixar, but kicked off computer-generated feature-length films. It's the first one, right? 
right. A Bug's Life, eh, I, I've seen it. You know, it, for me, like, I don't think it's bad. I do think A Bug's Life is good. It's not one of my go-to. It doesn't hold a place near and dear to me, but I understand that it is in that category for a lot of other people, right? A Bug's Life is still considered great. Right. Toy Story Toy Story 2, fantastic. So good, right? Better than the first, in my opinion, right? Up until Toy Story 4, they just get better and better. Toy Story 4, we don't talk about, never happened. Uh, Monsters, Inc. Monsters, Inc. was fantastic. So good. For years, we were pining for a Monsters sequel. We got a prequel, but... Yeah. <laughs> whatever we just want to catch up with right. boo yeah. right that's that's all we want is we want to catch up with boo like what what's going on we still have billy crystal and john goodman alive and acting let's make this happen um finding nemo oh man like finding nemo was a game changer i remember watching the bonus features of finding nemo and them talking about how this was a film that was like almost 10 years in the making because of the complications of getting the water effect right. Because it hadn't been done. Right. Right? Like, uh, amazing. The Incredibles. Yeah. The incre- like, in- it, it's, it's self-referential in the title. Incredible movie, The Incredibles. I recently actually watched the first Cars movie. Like, maybe a month and a half ago. Oh yeah, it's it's not the crap I thought it was. No, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. The anatomy there's, of the cars is questionable, but yeah, there's a couple of things in there that's little. But like, for me, the funniest moment, the best moment, was like ninety seconds into the film, where it's it's like Lightning McQueen's big race at whatever track it is, and you see this shot of the male and female washrooms, and there's male cars just driving into the male washroom and then it's just like it's just like a 30 minute line for the female washroom and i'm like that's great like that's so accurate and it's great um ratatouille i've never seen ratatouille really yeah i don't know how i missed it and i've just never gotten around to it but i haven't seen ratatouille i understand people really like it i've eaten ratatouille but I haven't seen it. <laughs> Wally, I think, is really good. I think it's oh, overhyped. No. I think it's really? slightly overhyped. I think no. it's really good. Like, I'd give it an 8 out of 10. Oh. But the whole Wally's like an 11 How out of 10 How do you rate thing? something an eight, over, 8 out of 10 and then say it's overhyped? Because I because because the general perception is that Wally's like an 11 out of 10. And I don't think it is. I don't think it's I don't think it's the greatest film ever made. I don't think it's an incredible masterpiece. But I think it's really good. I think it's a short circuit ripoff in the design of Wally. Mm. Wally just looks like Johnny number five, but whatever. Um Up again, I think Up is really good. I think it's overhyped. I do. I think the love story thing is like crushing and whatever. Um, but I think there's a lot of stuff in the middle that is just kind of like, just feels like filler and kind of goes on for me. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, we're going to have to disagree on those last two. And that's fine. And that's fine. Uh, <laughs> like, 
Yeah. Toy Story <laughs> 3. Your rocker. Toy Story 3, absolute masterpiece. Toy Story 3, like, Pixar could have closed up shop after that. Just went, you know what? We got nowhere to go but down now. <laughs> so, like, let's just... <laughs> Let's just call it a day. Cars 2, obviously, I haven't seen. No, that, yeah, trash. <laughs> Sounds like crap. Yeah. Uh, Brave? the complete wrong direction with it. Brave, Brave have, is great. So Brave, Brave I haven't seen, but I always hear mixed things about Brave. There's lots of people really? who say it's great, and there's lots of people who don't like it. Who and doesn't so, like it? I well, what you want like social insurance numbers? Like I don't. Yeah, but I <laughs> I want to hunt him down and slap him in the face. I will get around to watching Brave. I promise. Man, Miranda, Ma- wait, wait, hang on, I've got it here. Uh, the Wikipedia. I want what's the name of the lead act uh, character, the princess. Um, Merida. 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 Merida is, in my opinion the best disney princess really she she's yeah like you just gotta think if i were to pick if i had to pick a favorite disney princess merida would easily be it hands down okay okay yeah uh the story's amazing it's great monsters university has funny moments but ultimately it's garbage it's not the monsters film that we wanted no um inside out that's where we get up to inside out i think inside out is pretty good I think it's I, cute. Yeah, I would. I, I I recently watched it again, like in the last six months with the family on family movie night. I think Emily picked it. Um, but anyway, like, yeah, it's it's a fun flick. Uh, yeah. It's not. I would say it's not like to the standard of the other, uh, like, like high, like. It's best. not a Finding Nemo. It's not the best. It's not. Yeah, it's not the best Pixar film in the mo- in the world. No, but it's not even it's it's well above mediocre. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree absolutely. Uh, the Good Dinosaur, I have not seen. It's okay. <laughs> I've heard it's not amazing. I w- I would say it's mediocre. Uh, Finding Dory was not great. Yeah. It's not horrible. Like I wouldn't say it's garbage. I would say it's, it's like lower silver tier. Yeah, it's probably the only direction they could have took that franchise if they wanted to make a sequel, and they did. Uh, Cars 3 I haven't seen, but what the hell are they thinking? Cars 3 is better than Cars 2. Okay. Um, it, but it's, it's still not amazing. I would, like, Cars 2 doesn't even feel like an actual sequel to the to the, the film. Like, they do, they go off in this jet-setting journey around the world, and it doesn't feel like it links to the, the original story, except right. for the characters, in my opinion. Um, like, to, Mater somehow gets recruited into some... Uh, spy agency it's like what 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 that's in the second one or the third one yeah but the third the third one kind of like you could go for watch one and then watch two and or sorry skip two and watch three and you would have an amazing story because it kind of continues the journey of lightning mcqueen yeah you're back to radiator springs you're continuing the story and character arc of lightning and and the story arc his his character arc kind of comes full circle, and it's is, and if you watch one and then three, you get this kind of beautiful beginning, middle, and end of Lightning McQueen's kind of story and character progression, and yeah, uh, it closes it out really nicely. Um, I'm gonna say I have, I fell asleep through 
not like I didn't see it in the theater. I haven't seen Coco all the way through, but I hear that's one that people adore. The music in that one's great. Yeah, the story's okay. My problem with things like Coco is like when you start out on this list, like Pixar is like humanoid toys, humanoid bugs, humanoid fish, humanoid monsters. And and then we kind of like these more human centric and humans were barely ever shown in them because the animation wasn't there in order to be able to do humans properly. And that's why they weren't doing humans. And I kind of think they should have like, even once they were able to start doing humans real well, with the exception of maybe like the Incredibles, they kind of should have still just kept the human centric stories on the back burner. Cause I just, they don't feel like they have that Pixar identity to them, to me. They feel like, like Coco to me could be, it could be a Sony animation or it could be a DreamWorks, right? There's nothing about it that is like, this is clearly Pixar. This is going to be an unpopular thing. I don't think The Incredibles 2 is very good. I really don't. I think that it is... Yeah, I think that too. they sacrificed story. Listen, I've got no issue with feminism. I've got no issue with girl power. I've got no issue with any of that. Except for when, instead of telling, like when you sacrifice good writing and, and story simply to make a political statement, and that's what Incredibles 2 felt like to me. I'm okay with the political statement being there, but it has to be accompanied by good storytelling, and it can't just feel like you're you're making this film to cram something down my throat, right? Like, especially when it's something I already agree with. Like, I I already agree with with the girl having her own story and and you know doing the whatever and saving the day. But it just didn't feel like you know like we just wrapped up the first Incredibles with them being together as a family and they're a team now and they're going to fight crime together and they're going to, and then, and then it splits them up and it just focuses on the mom for the whole thing. And I'm like, what? Yeah. That's, that's not what you set up. So it just felt weird. Toy Story 4 was a massive insult. It was an insult to Toy Story fans. It was an insult to the character development of Buzz Lightyear because inexplicably all of a sudden Buzz Lightyear is a bumbling idiot all of a sudden who, doesn't know not to press his own buttons and make noise while there's other people in the RV. Like it, it just, it was trash. Looked stunning. Visually was a huge leap forward, but the film was trash. Onward was garbage. Pete and I, Pete and I hated on Onward real hard. Didn't feel. I know. I I really enjoyed it too. Didn't feel like. Well, it just didn't feel like a Pixar movie at all. Right. Yeah, if you but told it was me onward film, it, like, yeah. But if you told you, me onward, you're was hating DreamWorks? on film. You're hating on a lot of these films because they didn't quote unquote feel like a Pixar film. Well, why? That's a because, stupid reason to hate on a. Film. No, because Pixar for the longest time, exactly what I said. Because for Pixar for the longest time, had such a strong identity that you knew going so into not a Pixar to branch film, out and do something different. Not if you sacrifice your own identity as someone who just produces incredible content that's tear jerking and you know what I can't remember. I'd have to go back and listen, but Pete 
and I rewrote the plot to Onward, and I think made the plot 100% better. Like, we reassigned a couple of characters, changed their relationship to the lead character. It was like, oh, what if this is like, you know, I, I can't remember. I'd have to go back and this was a couple of years ago now. Um, but we, we hands down made that movie better. Uh, soul was good. Not amazing. Shouldn't have been dropped on Disney plus the way it was like a day and day, or it wasn't even day and date. It was just like here straight to streaming. Uh, this is when we get into the straight to streaming films. Um, Luca, I liked Luca. Have you seen Luca? I did. I didn't think, I mean, I would say it was average. Yeah. I, again, I'm it not putting great. it gold I, tier. No, like, but I like, even like for even some of these other average Pixar films, I'd say it was even lower end average. Uh, Turning like Red it could. It didn't blow me out of the water at all. Turning Red could have been better. But it, it again, I don't think it was bad. It just wasn't like it didn't feel like they were really shooting for the stars with it. Uh, Segway, Lightyear. Um, <laughs> what? The, f- the <laughs> what is first. This? Yeah. The first 20 minutes of Lightyear are amazing. The first 20 minutes of Lightyear, if, if all you had watched was the first 20 minutes of Lightyear, you might be thinking to yourself, this could win Pixar and Oscar. And then it just gets boring. Then it yeah. just loses all of its, you know, whatever. And Eternal, I, or not Eternal, Elemental. I haven't seen Elemental yet, but I really want to because it looks Neither like return to form for me. It looks like, you know, it looks like. It looks like old, a film with humanized things that aren't human. It looks like old school Pixar. It looks like they're getting back to the things <laughs> I that. I really think that's a stupid metric to judge Pixar films. And from. that's fine. It's my metric. So I'm not going to judge. I think I think a lot of your opinions are stupid, but I don't say that. Um, okay, so all of this being said, the trailer oh. dropped the other day for Inside Out Two. <laughs> And before way to talk about a trailer. <laughs> and before clicking on Pixar, or before clicking on the trailer, I thought to myself, "Why? Why? Who cares? Right? Like, I, I why do another Inside Out? Right? Did you not? There's so much meat on the bone there. That's why. Right. Right. But I, I wasn't seeing it that way. I was just kind of like, why? Why are we doing another one? And then I watched the trailer. I think Pixar may be back on their game. Yeah, this this is, trailer not only cool. looks great, I think it looks, I think it's going to be a better film than the first Inside Out, which I think is a pretty good film. Um, yeah, I was just like, well, what are you going to like? What gimmick are you going to throw at us here, Pixar? And then in the moment with the trailer, when they're like, oh, a new emotion. And the emotion's like, hi, I'm anxiety. I was like, oh, my God, they're geniuses. Yeah. Pixar's genius. But it's not even just one emotion. No, it's uh, the flood of teenage emotions. But the, like, the, 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 like the cover art that they have on the IMDb shows like one, two, there's four potential new emotions. Showing. Yeah. 
but the anxiety thing, I, they are going to, with this film, tap into an emotion that not only does everybody feel, but a lot of people, str- like, the identifiability with this film, the, the number of people who are going to feel heard, are going to feel seen by this film, myself included, this is, I don't know. I'm so pumped now for Inside yeah. Out 2. So it's, pumped for this movie. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Because, like, so the last movie ends off where, like, the emotional memories, instead of being just, like, one emotion for every memory, they're, like, a kaleidoscope now. Like, there, there's a mixed emotions for all the memories now that, the as because as the girl is growing up, she's recognizing that some of the happy things had sad moments, and some of the happy things were or sad things were sad because something else happened, right? Like, yeah. So just kind of a, a more realization of the world and the emotions around that that it is it's more complex than what black and white. So what do you and think? This, you this, watch- this, this this feels like like. She's hitting puberty. Like when in the trailer, when the cannonball comes in and they start like wrecking house, I'm like, this is puberty. <laughs> this is puberty. Yeah. <laughs> this is this, puberty. <laughs> so you saw the trailer. It sounds like you're excited about it too. Yeah, it looks fun. I, yeah. Like this is, I feel like they kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit. So they're, they're going to have to do some creative writing to explain these four new emotions that we didn't see in the parents. Right, right, because we saw the he- inside the emotional uh, inside the emotions, the emotional center of the parents as well, and then they had the same five emotions that she was dealing with, but they were more like well, already on the same team and collaborating. Where her well, I emotions just figured were it out. very kind of against each other. I just figured it out. Both of her parents are are partial sociopaths. <laughs> There's a lot of emotions that they can't feel, or they've compartmentalized them, or yeah, ooh. They, they've they they yeah, they they know how to manage them better, so they never don't come out as much or something. Yeah, yeah. But because like um, we don't see much of the inside, like it's only no. a few mo- brief moments, a couple quick where, scenes where the those five kind of key emotions sh- appear. But um, yeah, I think this is a like this is the when. when if, if you were to ask me, like, what would you, before this movie was ever created, like, if you were to make an Inside Out 2, what would you do? I would I would say, oh, I'd add more emotions. Yeah, make her a teenager. Like, make her a teenager and have those five emotions try to figure out how to deal with new emotions. Yeah. This is exactly what I would have done. Yeah, this is genius. I'm, I'm actually really stoked on this. Yeah. So. Yeah, the IMDb's got... Maya Hawk is anxiety. Who's the orange character that we see? Yeah, she's, she's blowing up right Things. now. Yeah, yep. uh, they recast Bill Hader as Fear. Really? Yeah, for some guy named Tony Hale. Um, Amy Poehler's back, but could have been scheduling is issues. Back. Maybe. Um, here's my thought. Like, and I don't think they're gonna do it. We don't have the full list of who all the who all the characters are being played by, but 
I think you need Audrey Plaza in there somewhere as one of the new emotions. Why? I'm not disagreeing. Audrey Plaza. <laughs> you know who not... you know who she is, right? You know, like, without having to Google it, I do. Right, like why? Do like just that kind of like deadpan? Don't give a crap. But what emotion would you like? I don't know. Uh, some uh, what's the word? Uh, not giving a crap. Uh, uh, okay, like um, uh, <laughs> like yeah, I, I get what te- you mean. Which is a kind of a typical teenage emotion. <laughs> You know, or or or, or yeah. way of approaching the world. I don't but know. Yeah, what we've got is, uh, disgust you know I mean? is one disgust, of the new. Maybe yeah. Uh, but just like her deadpan delivery of like everything. Like when I say deadpan, like I mean like just the emotionlessness of it. And <laughs> she, oh yeah, she would be perfect as one of these emotions. Need new emotions. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I just I listen. I wasn't disagreeing with you. I just wanted you to. You just wanted my reasoning. <laughs> I just wanted you to be able to, you know, to to back it up, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just want to make sure you're making founded statements. Oh, Tony Hale. Okay, I know who that is now. I didn't recognize him from his kind of character uh, headshot on IMDb, but he's the uh, the weird, crazy, handless brother from Arrested Development. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. He also voiced Forky in Toy Story 4. So that's yeah. probably, you know, he's got that Pixar connection now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Um, this is a big one. This is a big one. This is this is a trailer I've been waiting for. Just wondering. I didn't know it was going to drop when it dropped. It just kind of dropped. I was just on YouTube and I was like, <laughs> and I like abandoned paying my taxes or whatever non-important thing it was that I was doing um, so that I could like, you know, just get in the zone and watch this. It is a trailer for the next Ghostbusters, a franchise that Pete is not all. I introduced Pete to <clears throat> Ghostbusters and he just yep. kind of. Pete's Did, not insane sometimes. It just didn't hit for him. I don't understand. He probably likes the 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 Ghostbusters, whatever it's called, the the reboot, the remake. Probably likes that one. Which look, I don't dislike that film, but it it clearly didn't perform well financially, and it clearly was not as good as the originals. Now. We now know that Ghostbusters 4, I'm calling it, is titled Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. We're back in New York. Winter is coming. We're back at the firehouse. <laughs> yeah, the winter is coming. We're back at the at the fire station. And this trailer, although I have a couple of nitpicks, it looks cold, but this trailer is fire. <laughs> this trailer is fire. A couple of things. They're not hiding the fact this time that everyone's back. We just see all the faces, right? We see we see Dan Aykroyd, we see Ernie Hudson, and boy golly, do we see Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. And, and that's astounding to me because it and wasn't Pat that Muslim. long ago. 
it wasn't that long ago that you'd have more luck finding a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow than you would getting Bill Murray to come back and do another Ghostbusters movie. Like he was the dragging of the feet for like 20 years. Yeah. And now he's just back in the franchise. So I don't know. Sure, I'm in. I don't know if they kidnapped a grandchild of his. I don't know how they're getting him to do this, but I'm so glad that they are. I hope. I mean, it seems at the very least, especially for Dan Aykroyd, which doesn't surprise me because it's like Dan Dan Aykroyd, you get him to do anything Ghostbusters related. Um, I hope that we see them in a much larger capacity than we did in the in the previous one, because that was my big gripe with the last one. Right. Is I was like, look, okay, it's all good. Like, you know, I really, really, really loved um, Phoebe. Egon's granddaughter really love that character. Paul Rudd's good in anything, but ultimately like, you know, if I could have had my way, the last one would have just been an old man ghostbusters movie. Like I just wanted them back for the whole, I wanted two hours of man, these packs are heavier than they used to be. And like, Oh my, my spine. And like, you know, I just, I, 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 it would not have gotten not old for me. Used to be <laughs> yeah. It would not have gotten old for me. I just wanted, you know, I wanted it all. Um, but that's fine. The Ecto, seeing the Ecto spin around and rev it's, up, and that the siren. siren. Oh, I've ch- I changed my text message, or I, not my text message. I changed my ringtone after watching the trailer. To did that you siren. really? Yeah, I did. Because I'm like, it is one of the greatest sound effects a, in the history of of film. It's iconic for sure. It's so good. Um, yeah. Patton Oswalt is in this. I did not know that. Yeah. Did you know that? Not until I was watching this. I mean, I didn't even know this film was happening until watching this. But it it makes sense. Patton Oswalt kind of fits that that universe, fits the feel. Uh, Kumal Ni... I can never say his last name. Nanjiani... The guy from Eternals and from um, yeah. I, from all kinds of things, the big sick and stuff like that. He's in this. We see his face just very briefly. He plays Kingo in uh, in Eternals. He's in this. Yeah. Um, obviously, Rudd we have back. McKenna Grace back yeah. as Phoebe Spangler. Paul Rudd's back. Um, listed on the IMDb. Is although we don't see her in the trailer, we do have Annie Potts back as Janine Melnitz. We have Carrie Coon back as Callie Spangler, Egon's daughter and Phoebe's mom. This is an interesting one and something I knew about for a while now. We have William Atherton back as Walter Peck. This will be very interesting with when I seen the I seen this. I was I've been looking at the IMDB too. But yeah, seeing that Walter Peck. What? Really? Yeah. Oh man. Is he gonna be a thorn in the side or an advocate? Oh. See, everything was fine until Dickless here shut off the containment system <laughs> right, and caused right. everything to go haywire. Is this yeah. true? Yes, this is true. <laughs> this man has no dick. <laughs> it is uh, okay so yeah. super exciting a couple people we don't see in the trailer although are listed on imdb we don't see logan kim in the trailer as podcast 
that's fine. He was kind of a whatever character, in my opinion. Um, obviously, Finn Wolfhard's back. Bill Murray's back. Ernie Hudson's back. Dan Aykroyd's back. Now, this looks dark. Like It looks a lot spookier. The big ice friggin' spikes coming out of the ground. The and dude, the, like, plugging icy tubes into his head. And- yeah. Right? Everyone's, like, just hanging out, enjoying themselves at the Evo Shandor beachside <laughs> carnival. Because, you know, they're going to tie Evo or Shandor in somehow. No. <laughs> Here's the thing. My only gripe with this trailer. My only gripe is it used to mean something to be a Ghostbuster. It used to mean something to hold the proton stick. We see friggin' Phoebe's mom's in a Ghostbusters outfit. We see every in this trailer, just everyone's a Ghostbuster. Well, the team's gotten bigger. The team, yeah. yeah, but it's gotten like... I don't know. It's it kind of seems like, like a pretty exclusive club. It like, makes sense for you think about it. Uh, one, two, three, three of those additions to the we'll call them the the backpack wearing team. Uh, they're Spanglers. They should be carrying a backpack. Should right? the sh- yeah, but should that, Spangler's daughter Spangler's granddaughter absolutely because she's a sciencey nerdy you know whatever. The only reason. Spangler's daughter has a proton pack is because of her namesake. That's it. She has no other qualifications. None. Zip. As long as you don't cross the streams. So, but I mean, what's Winston's credentials? Uh, it was the eighties and they needed a black guy in order to make the <laughs> but, film. But like, he's got, like, I mean, and for that point, Venkman's pretty much a hack. He doesn't believe it. Really believe in any of it. Like what? No, but he's, he's still, a, he's still got a PhD. But, he's still got a PhD. Yeah, but like, I mean, <laughs> no. Okay, I get, to, I get what compared you're saying. to Ray. Yeah, like it's and Venkman or, or sorry Spangler. Uh, yeah, you. I think it's kind of a like I get that it, it, like yeah it should be kind of an exclusive club, but at the same time, it 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 doesn't seem the only person that's wearing a pack in my opinion that is like doesn't necessarily need to be there is Paul Rudd's character. And, really, and Paul Rudd's like the new star force that's driving this film. Gary right. Gruberson. You've got, you've got the classics, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson. You know, they're they're the original three of the original four. Yeah, but he's dating a Spangler. He, he's yeah, he's dating a Spangler. But like you it, like I don't know what the, the story of the film is gonna be, but you could write the next th- this film without Paul Rudd's character. Sure, but I think having him in there, <laughs> so, like especially oh, that Paul last Rudd. shot, he's, especially that last shot where the ghost is approaching and they're all on the rooftop and they've got their proton and these like sick looking new like Ghostbuster like red oh, they're winter coat <laughs> things. 
they're parkas because they're in the cold. You didn't yeah. know, you don't and and yeah. and you just see Paul Rudd like see this big terrifying ghost and he's just like oh like he's yeah. just his his love for science like he's more qualified than than he's a science teacher yeah <laughs> yeah right so, like i don't have a problem with him wearing it but like I, what my what i'm saying is like out of all of the new characters wearing pa- backpacks the new backpack crew he's like the least i'll use connected. the word qualified connected to be wearing one because he is, he's more qualified he's, scientifically than the Callie Spangler is. <laughs> yeah. But he's the least connected to the original crew. Yeah. yeah. But, but it, like, as far as I can tell, there's only like four, four people wearing backpacks that aren't the original four. Now, before we wrap this topic up, I need to know you're over under 50% because we, Presumably, there's going to be some sort of surprise face show up, right? Because they've already shown us Bill Murray's back, Ernie Hudson's back, like everyone's back. Over under 50%. Because we know he's come out of retirement, sort of. And he's kind of doing some acting or willing to or has some projects in the pipeline, maybe. Oh. Over under 50% that we see Rick Moranis show up. Oh, yes. Please. I want it so bad. Yes. Yes. Because Rick Moranis oh. is supposed to be doing um, a... Let's see if it's still considered happening. He was supposed to be reprising his role as Wayne Zielinski in... Um, yeah, it's still, it's in, it's, well, it's called pre-production still, so they haven't started shooting, but where Josh Gad plays a grown-up Nick, right? And there's, so, so they're supposed to be doing like a years, like a legacy sequel to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, hmm. just called Shrunk. Um, and if it's done well, like if it's done, if it's treated with seriousness and it's not just like, you know like some Disney plus feeling kitty throwaway crap, then I'm all for this. I'm super excited for it. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But over under 50% that we're going to see Rick Moranis. Uh, seeing as he's getting back into acting and everybody else is coming back, I, I got to go with over. You got to have him. Lewis Tully, man. He's like, it's the yeah. role that he's like no one else could play the way that he plays. Yeah. Yeah. I hope we see it. Okay, moving on. And this is again, much like when we talked about this last week, this is something that you're just gonna kinda have to take the reins on. Last week we talked about the first images of Avatar the Last Airbender. Was that last right? week? I feel it like was that last was week, man. And no, because two weeks ago was Matthew Perry and Star Wars trivia. All right. Yeah. Last friggin' week. Um and and I was like, look, I don't, I, I don't know. I haven't watched the show. I maybe seen the the crap the M Night movie once, like in the drive-in at the drive-in when it first came. Out. Like I don't know. I don't know. I don't really care. Um, it, this is not this project, the Avatar: The Last Airbender. It's a show, right? I think it's a show. Um, I don't know. It's a Netflix thing, regardless. Yeah, I don't know if it's um, a show or a movie. I'll look it up here whether whether or not it's a show or a movie. But it is. It's not for me. 
it's not i'm not the i'm not the intended audience for this um because i haven't seen it and i don't care um but a trailer has dropped that gives us a much more in-depth look uh it is a tv series netflix tv yeah. series um yeah a, a, a trailer's dropped it gives us a much more in-depth look. We get to see the characters in action. We get to see what some of the visual effects look like. We get to see what some of the sets look like. And having watched this trailer, I, I, st I still don't care. Ten episodes <laughs> right. starting in February. Yeah, I still don't care. And not because I don't think it like looks good. I think it looks good. But I just don't know any of the characters. None of it means anything to me. I don't, whatever. Um, but it looks good. From an outsider perspective, Carl, you watched the trailer. You know much more about this IP than I do. Um, you're certainly more invested in this than I am. What do you think of the trailer? Oh yeah, this is this looks great. Uh, I would have liked to see a little bit more actual like air bending happening in this. Well, they got to save some. Not, not, no, sorry, not air bending, just bending in general of the elements. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I think seeing because like one of one of the beefs fans like myself had with the Shyamalan movie was the bending was horribly done. So like Earthbenders took like they couldn't uh, it they in, in, instead of just kind of like instantaneously being able to like control and move the earth quickly and efficiently for a fight. It was like this kind of methodical, like arduous thing that they had to do. And firebenders couldn't create fire. They could only manipulate fire. And it's just, like, are you kidding me? This is, did you watch the show? <laughs> but um, so, so like seeing, being able, if they had, if they had shown some of the bending happening, to show it being like kind of a fluid mar part of the a martial, like the martial, like, cause each bending form is taken from a different type of, uh, Asian martial art. Right. And, and m the moving of those elements is, is just kind of a seamless looking flow within that martial art type. Um, seeing that, in this trailer would have gotten me more excited. Right. That being said, the set pieces look amazing. The characters look spot on. Um, I, I had some issues with Zuko's scar last week when we talked about it, getting a better a look at, at, at that, uh, at his face. It looks a lot better than that image. The few images we got, I think I would have liked it to be a little bit more pronounced, but it's definitely a lot more bigger and a lot more pronounced than I thought it was based on those images. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm excited about it. I know you're not a fan of him in the star Wars series, but Paul Su Hyung Lee, who plays uncle Iroh looks like spot on uncle Iroh. And I think like, Seeing him and other stuff he's acted in, I think he's gonna like nail the part and the role like perfectly. Um, but I'm still hesitant because uh, we when when we talked about it last, 
that, you know, like the, the show, the original writers and creators of the show stepped away from this project for creative reasons. So that makes me hesitant to get excited still, but this, this definitely helps. This looks great. Yeah. And again, we, like we said, we don't know. We really don't know. We don't know. I never specifies. He just says, I'm leaving the project because of creative reasons, which I mean, if you created the project and you have to step away for creative reasons, they're probably not listening to you and your three, <laughs> like why the reasons why you did things in the original show that they're choosing to do differently. Right. So yeah, it, it's, it makes me a little hesitant still. Anyway. Yeah. It looks well, great. sometimes it could just be like, Hey man, like, this doesn't work for live act. Like this isn't going to translate to live action. And the guy who created the animated thing goes, but this is the way it's supposed to be. And they go, well, yeah, but it's it's just not going to work. Please trust us. But yeah. So I don't know. Anyways, looks good to me. Uh, again, I'm probably not going to watch it. I just don't, it's not my thing. Um, a trailer though, that also dropped that we were talking about images of last week is Chris Pratt's new Garfield movie. Now, last week we talked about does any who who cares? <laughs> like, does anybody even know Garfield? How are they going to do this in a way that like looks appealing to the children and the you know like how are they going to garner any interest in this? And but we did talk about the image. We said Garfield looked like the comic strip. He looked the way that he was supposed to look. Well, the trailer dropped. And I watched the trailer. And not only does Garfield look the way he's supposed to look, so does John. So does Odie. Like, aesthetically, they've nailed this. Yeah. It, it looks it looks like they nailed a cartoon version of these Of Garfield. Um, and so, but I did. I clicked on the trailer thinking about the conversation we had last week going like, you know, how are they going to do this in a way that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm ready. And I don't know if you are. I'm ready to eat those words. Because I watched this trailer and I thought to myself, why, why do I always doubt? Like, what is, what is this inherent doubt that fans have when, like, studios, for the most part, they do some stupid things, but studios aren't stupid, right? They understand, like, there's no one over at a studio that is going, oh, everyone loves everyone loves Garfield, let's just make a Garfield thing, it's going to be a huge hit. They know that they need to fill it and the trailer full of heart and emotion and, and antics that... Parents are going to look at and go, oh, my God, it's a Garfield movie. I'm going to take my kids to this because my kids need to see Garfield. And that's exactly what this trailer was. I think this trailer is brilliant, is absolutely brilliant. It's fun. It's high energy. It <clears throat> looks perfect aesthetically. Um this I, the introduction of Garfield is hilarious. Like, oh, here's here's I, one pepperoni. Do you want some more? And he eats the entire restaurant. <laughs> yeah, and he eats the entire restaurant. And then the lasagna is in front of him. And here's the thing. 
here's the thing. Although the Bill Murray movies weren't good, weren't great, I did always think that Bill Murray's voice was spot on. That Bill Murray's voice as Garfield was perfect. And so that was another question I had going in. It's like, well, Chris Pratt again, like, is this, how is this going to, I think it works. You know, is it exactly like the old animated things were? Well, no, it's a different voice actor. And does Chris Pratt kind of bring his own thing to this? Yeah. But I think it works. I was, there was no point where I was like, well, that's not what Garfield should sound like. I was on board with it. So, Carl, I watched this. I am both feet in now. I am both feet in for this Garfield movie. You saw it. What are your thoughts? Oh, I'm definitely interested. It, uh, it'll definitely be like a a a um, family movie night pick at some yeah, point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, the thing that I thought, like, so the trailer gets about, oh, where's it? Where's it kick in? Kicks in about two thirds of the way in, and what name pops up on the screen that you were not expecting? But Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> who plays Garfield's twice as big as him, beefed up looking cat daddy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and the way they kind of play out the rest of the trailer with Garfield's dad, just kind of like, oh, all right, we're, this isn't just going to be, there's going to be a pretty decent story here potentially too. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think this is, uh, this looks fun. <laughs> I, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little shocked. Like, I'm a little shocked that it that it interests me the way that it does. Because um, like I said, like I'm not a massive, like I enjoy Garfield, but I'm not like, I don't have any Garfield merch or toys or anything like that kicking around the house. Um, but it is, yeah, it is. They, they, they understood. They understood the assignment. They've understood that they are <laughs> yeah. reintroducing a character that is going to, yeah, is going to take some, some work to get people, yeah, to get people caught up to speed on and, and into and, yeah, and, and, and I think they've understood the assignment and I think they're going to do really, really well with this, so... Moving on to our final final topic, and the big one, the one that you you teased last week, we alluded to last week. There is a Twitter account, and it's important to specify that all of this, the origin of this rumor, it's a rumor, is coming from a Twitter account, a Twitter account that if you go back and you look through all of the scoops that they've broken, it's sometimes right. Sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they don't. But there are a lot of instances where they have broken big scoops and and have been absolutely 100% correct. 
And the scoop that they've broken this time is that Robert Downey Jr. has already agreed to and signed a contract to return to the MCU. Now. Holy crap, holy crap, holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's... If this happens, I first of all, I think this needs to happen. Yeah, I, I, I know. I, I think it needs to happen. I think that it because a Robert Downey Jr. doesn't have a lot going on on his plate right now. Like he just did Oppenheimer, and that was fantastic. Uh, but then he uh, he did Doctor Doolittle, right? Like Robert Downey Jr. needs this. <laughs> but so does the MCU. The MCU needs its figurehead again, right? It needs Chris Evans and it needs Robert Downey Jr. It needs the leaders of the, and that's going to be, people are going to contest that. Not everyone's going to agree. That's just my opinion and that's fine. Um, Is this, is this actually going to happen? Well, if it happens, I hope that in some way, I hope it's done using time travel. I don't want a different universe as Robert Downey Jr. Right? I don't want Earth 317's Tony Stark to now come in and be a part. I mean, if that's what happens, that's fine and I'll take it. But that's not what I'm hoping for. Does it, does it take away from the ending of Endgame? No, I don't think so. I really don't, because it was still the ultimate sacrifice. It was still, you know, just like Palpatine coming back in Star Wars doesn't take away from what Vader did in the end of Return of the Jedi. It doesn't, right? Because he still came to the light side and killed his master in order to save his son. Right. Nothing about whether or not Palpatine had contingencies put in place takes away from what kind of a gesture that was. Um, now, Kevin Feige was asked about this recently, very recently, was asked. So uh, he was on uh, the red carpet for the Marvels. And he was asked. So, what's all this about Robert Downey Jr. coming back? And Kevin Feige said a couple of things. (laughs) Kevin Feige, first of all, said, oh, is that the new rumor? I hadn't even heard that. Which I'm telling you right now is a friggin' flat-faced lie. (laughs) It's such a lie. It's bullshit. You know exactly what you're doing. (laughs) Right? You, even if it's not true, you've heard this rumor. So shut up. He said, <laughs> so, so it's important to note, Marvel just had, the MCU just had, they do like an annual retreat where all of their current actors and all of the previous big actors and stuff, they're all there at the retreat, right? They just like go off into the woods for a couple of days and have a retreat. Thanks for being a part of this awesome, wicked thing. And here's our plans, and this is what we're doing, and so on and so forth. Except I assume when they're talking about upcoming plans and what's coming next, Tom Holland is out, like, changing the propane tank on the building or something, because he's not allowed to know (laughs) anything. Yeah. Kevin Feige said, we did not discuss that at the retreat. It's the truth. 
we're doing a project with Scarlett. Okay, I don't know what that is. I mean, Scarlett Johansson has Tower of Terror coming out, directed by Taika Waititi. It's a Disney project, but it's not like an MCU project. So when he says we, like she doesn't have anything in the slate right now that is Marvel that we know of. So is that, and she kind of, she departed Marvel on real bad terms. So I don't know what the deal is there, but who knows? Um, He says, we're doing a project with Scarlett. I love Robert. He's a part of the family. But in terms of him returning, we'll have to see. Now. This is probably me reading too much into this. This is probably me putting a tinfoil hat on, blah, blah, blah. But if it's your plan for him, if if it's not your plan for him to return, you say, no, that's just a rumor. Tony Stark, you know, Tony Stark died. He's not coming back. Sorry. If there's maybe something going on and you don't want to reveal it, you say, uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. We didn't discuss that at the retreat. I don't know, man. I think, and this is totally, I admit, this is this is fanboying, this is conspiracy theory, this is everything. I think he's coming back. I think he's coming back, I think, um, and because of the writer's, or not the writer's strike, the actor's strike that's going on, if there is a contract signed, it was signed months and months and months and months ago. Mm. If there's been any discussion of this happening, it happened months ago, like back early summer, before the summer. Which is how these things work, right? People are cast. Like, the the Fantastic Four has been cast for months now. We don't know who they are. But they've been cast for months now. This is just how these things work, right? We find out way later. So... I tend to think that this is true. I tend to think this is happening. I've got nothing really to base that on other than the facts that have been given here as to what the Twitter post says and then what Kevin Feige's response was. Um, But I read all this and I tend to think this is happening and I want it to happen. Um, I think we have to get the MCU back on track and I think bringing in a figurehead for the MCU, bringing in the MCU's figurehead... Right, the one bonehead thing about Endgame was they were like, "Hey, Let's everyone that everyone that that is the face of the MCU, our leaders, we'll get rid of them all in one fell swoop. Oh, they're just all going to be gone. It was boneheaded. Yeah. Should have uh, dragged that out over a few years. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts? Do you believe this? Do you think that this is all legitimate? Robert Downey Jr. is coming back, and do you want him to? I don't know. I Robert Downey Jr. was on the Joe Rogan podcast a couple years back. Within the last year or two. Yeah. And Joe asked him this question, and his response was less BS than what Kevin Feige had. And his his was like, no. Like, why would you want to? Like, what? Like, 
uh, what story could you write that like I would it would need to be a compelling story for me to come back and play the character? And so I they think have a compelling I, story. Well, I think I think at this point bringing him back um hurts your franchise more than it helps because they're already trying to steer the ship towards new um new characters helming the team and helming the franchise now they're not doing a great job of it (laughs) and it's super confusing but they are and i think bringing in bringing back uh unless you're bringing back them back as like i would say if you bring them back you bring them back as different actors from different universes to really set some differentiation right um but like bringing back robert downey jr tony stark bringing him back from the dead somehow whichever however you do that i think you hamper any anything any work they've done since Endgame. Yeah, but they were already talking about how Secret Wars could be the the reset, right? To yeah. kill off a bunch of characters and maybe bring back some that we thought had been gone forever. Yeah, there's another. There's there's two other things I want to say on this. So the other the other reason I don't think you bring them back is because these these actors aren't getting any younger now. Chris Evans, he could totally play Captain America for another decade easily. I think Robert Downey Jr., like, he's starting to show his age. Like, he's not going to, he he can't play Captain America for another decade, I don't think. Iron Man, you mean? Iron Man, yeah. Thank you. I mean, there's I, limited physicality required for Tony There Stark. is, but, like, when you, when you think about the time frame of the MCU, it's only happening over the course of a couple of years with the exception of the five year blip. Yeah. Right. So when your actor looks like they've aged 15 years, when really the show's only moved forward a year, the, the, the universe has only moved forward a year. I think that's a bit of a problem. I think you need well, younger, more physically able actors. Makeup to, and hair dye. You need, you need more younger, physically able actors to, to lead these roles. Anyway, my my final thought is there is a that there is a way to bring him back and there is a way to bring him back and i think i've mentioned this before there's a way to bring him back without um stealing the thunder of your of what you're trying to do the new leads you're trying to introduce uh and not only that supporting those leads instead and pushing them forward and and that is using some of the comics storybook line when uh, Cap, uh, Iron Man did die, but he kept existing because he's, he uh, had like mapped and uploaded his consciousness uh, into a computer. And he right. existed essentially as a computer program and uh, he became the new hologram. Jarvis. Yeah. He essentially existed as a hologram and database of information and 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 he he acted and talked and interacted with people like Iron Man normally would but as a hologram and he's and, and during that frame 
that time he, you know, he helped Rhodey out and he helped um, Ironheart out and he helped other heroes out, but as an AI. So he's not a leading character anymore. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Right? And he's supporting and he's helping these other characters. I think that's how you do it. You're not stealing the thunder that you're trying to put into these new characters horribly, but you're you're now adding you're you're you're, you're strengthening that that impact that you're trying to do through the legacy of the character you're trying to uh, replace. Yeah, yeah, I'd I think be down that's for that. how you do it. Yeah, I you know I don't think, I that's, think that's the only way to do it. Yeah, I don't think I, you bring them back. Th- that won't satisfy everyone, no. but. <clears throat> but I, I'm not against that. Yeah. I think that would be a excellent explanation that doesn't no. require any finessing of the timelines. It doesn't devalue his sacrifice in Endgame, and it's no, totally it, in line with something that he would have it, done. Yeah, and it just amplifies his brilliance and foresight. Thought, and we've um, already seen the way that it was done with, um, not Zemo. Uh, Oh, oh! What's his name? Yeah, the the Nazi guy. Yeah, yeah. We've all we, we it, it's a precedent that's already been set. Yeah, so like it's not outside the realm of possibility. At at that point, the technology to do it has yeah, existed for. Yeah, he was using old sixty tech. years. For Tony Stark to do it, he could do it ten times better. Ten times better. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, one last thing. I th- I think the Avengers do need a Captain America or Iron Man to lead lead the team though yes like the comic books that they're almost always led avengers are almost led always led by kind of captain america or iron man there are a few others that do lead the team when they're not there but they're kind of the iconic leadership so and i think yeah, right now captain america is a much more plausible character to bring back anyway armin zola was the yeah that's it yeah right I think, now i i think our best candidate like of the people who are living or young enough, because technically Steve Rogers is still alive, probably um, would be Captain Marvel. She's sort of our only candidate that is. Yeah. And she, she is know. in the comic book. She is somebody who has led the Avengers and she's done a horrible job of it. <laughs> Cause, <laughs> because Sam Wilson's she, Captain America can't lead the her, Avengers. Her personality in the comics is, is very like black, fairly black and white in terms of uh, justice, uh, in my opinion. So she's she. It, it would be it could be interesting having her lead the Avengers in kind of a similar way, and that create co- internal conflict in the team, and yeah, like it does in the comics. But um, I think you could bring Captain America back a lot easier than you could bring back Iron Man. Yeah, because his his whole thing has been time travel. Yeah. Right. That is why he's out of commission. Yeah. So. All right. That does it. That's it. That's it. That's all. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All listed down below. Check out our Patreon page for as little as a dollar a month. You can support the show and get some fun perks in return. And if you're feeling naked and you don't want to be, we got merch. Yeah. Because nakedness is a crime. In some we, instances, we, sure, yeah. We can cover you up yeah. for a small and fee. For a small, <laughs> for a small, your firstborn, the keys to your car, 
and your soul. 